Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks to our friends at U-Stadium for supporting this podcast. Download U-Stadium and talk to all kinds of sports fans, win great prizes, and take part in amazing events. You can also subscribe to the U-Stadium YouTube page for exclusive shows like Time Out with U-Stadium, The Sports Desk, Play Like a Jet, and many more. That's U-Stadium.com. It's time to BS. Did you know that Rob Van Dam's wife is a porn star? I don't know that. <laughs> How about this? <laughs> and what's her name? <laughs> a U Stadium podcast. Wait, what? Did I work? <laughs> Wait, what? Repeat that to me? Did you just ruin bacon egg and cheese? No, I did not. I did not. Repeat the sandwich you told me. Yes, I did. It's really good. Yes, I did. It's really good. That's disgusting. It's not. (laughs) It's really good, actually. It's time to BS. Hello, Amy. How you doing? Good. How are you? You're doing really well. <laughs> oh, clearly. I got my coffee in me. I got my Jameson next to me. I don't know if I'm drinking that yet, but we'll we'll find out okay. maybe some maybe sometime in the future of the show, depending on if I do decide to go to the gym or not. But who knows? I might just go for a run. I don't know. But uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 136 of Time to BS. Uh, joining me for uh, this wonderful show is, uh, may you introduce yourself? Whatever, Amy. <laughs> Pretty much, if you know her, if you know her uh, as a great Twitter follow and a terrific YouTube channel, uh, as well as a OnlyFans star, uh, that is whatever, Amy. Uh, good to have you on, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. So I understand uh, you're local, you're like you're local to the tri-state area. Like you're you're in Jersey, right? I'm a Jersey girl. Yeah. Where I don't know if you follow basketball at all. <laughs> Because <laughs> I did not go to St. Peter's, but I was going to, of course. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, you had to be like, oh, cool, Jersey team, let's go. <laughs> of course, yeah, I always root for Jersey. You can't go wrong. I wouldn't blame you, so I'm assuming you're a, a Devils fan then, right? Yes, I grew up in a Devils house, yes. 
they still have a team? Nice. <laughs> we can both agree. We can both agree. <laughs> fuck the Rangers. <laughs> I I definitely have a propensity to root for all of the losing teams. Like I'm a Jets fan. Mets. Oh, we're gonna have a fun time. Then. I mean, Navy's been shitting the bed for a couple oh, of years boy. now. So I mean, I really don't bet your luck on me. I had no idea you were you were a sports person. This is new for me. <laughs> I'm not a huge sports person. I enjoy sports. I don't really follow intensely. I really just follow college football now. But I grew up playing sports, watching sports. You know, it doesn't if it's on, I'll watch it. But there's only I really only follow college football now. Well, there you go. and golf because before we before we start recording, I um, I understand you are a, you are a golf gal, which is. Awesome. I am. I'm I trying am. to get my, I'm trying to get back into golf, so I try to be, but <laughs> we all have our moments. <laughs> the driver has other plans for me. Did you um speaking of golf, did you happen to see uh former president Donald Trump um hit a hole in one on his one of his golf courses out in Florida with a five iron? I did not see that. So apparently he hit a hole in one with a five iron from like under wow. two hundred yards. And I said, oh, that, wow. that can't be right. There's, there's, I mean, even with my limited golf knowledge, I, I'm pretty a sure five that... iron under 200 yards? I believe so, yeah. Hmm. That can't be right. I mean, I'm sure there's video footage somewhere we can analyze. I mean, anything's possible with this game. I, there's, you, there's, you can't predict anything. The, I've seen the craziest things in the golf world and there's just no prediction you can't i don't know how people even bet golf because it would it would drive me crazy how do you exactly like i i got a good friend of mine my uh kyle who's uh who told me about that you're a big golf person the second i announced that you were coming on the podcast he calls me and said bro you gotta ask her about golf she's an awesome oh my god (laughs) you gotta ask her about golf for me (laughs) i do i'm very lucky that i I get to play very often so uh what's your favorite course to play on as you know i belong to a club here which i do love i like to play everywhere my favorite club that i've played at was port royal in bermuda um it was so beautiful and we were there right before the day before they were closing to have the pga tournament there nice it was immaculate i mean it just it was like heaven that's Um, beautiful you know, I play in Florida. I, you know, we like to play all over. I, I'm, I'm definitely like a golf club slut. I will play anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. But um, what was a? Uh, I understand that you big, big on OnlyFans. Um, mm-hmm. Back when this whole thing, when the whole OnlyFans craze first started, I was like, why would you do that? And now I'm like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. I mean, this seems <laughs> pretty mean- neat. You know, I really didn't know a lot about it. And I started seeing all of these awesome, funny girls that I was following for so long and was friendly with starting these pages. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And people would always ask to buy my pictures on Twitter. And I didn't really post like really risque things, maybe a bikini shot, and then I would delete it or, you know, just selfies mostly. Um And so I eventually was just like, you know what? Everyone keeps asking me. Everyone is starting these OnlyFans pages. Like, let me check it out and see, you know, the worst that could happen is I completely bomb and 
mortify myself, but, um, you know, it kind of blew up more than I ever expected. And it's been a lot of fun. You look great. Thank for you. starters, you look great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and uh, how do the, uh, I understand, I, I've found you out from a fellow podcast up in Canada. You might know these two ladies, <laughs> Michelle and Lisa. <laughs> It's the smuts. Yes, those lovely ladies. Love <laughs> those lovely ladies. <laughs> I'm like, when are you going to call me Smut Amy? I love them so much. We should. We should put you in, down to that podcast. Like, oh, Smut Amy, how about that? Because those two are hysterical. They are the best. They're such lovely ladies. They, they are. On their podcast. They are so, you know, great interviewers. They're super fun. Um, you know, they were in my, I had an OnlyFans, well, I still do, an OnlyFans chat room for other creators, and they were in there for a while. And, you know, they're just so talented, and I really can't get enough of them. They're just the best. What are the, what's your favorite story that they told you? Um, over the course of your like meeting them, we're talking with them. Um, well, we've shared a few things in my chat room. I, I'm, I'm not going to divulge. No worries. Those, but <laughs> no worries. <laughs> they're the best. They really are. Uh, boy, how do the um, how did did you ever like have thoughts of like getting into the sex work industry before OnlyFans, or just like you know what? Let's see where this goes. I actually tried my hand at doing some cam work in like the early 2000s, maybe like, you know, maybe like 2006. Um, and it just didn't, you know, just didn't do it for me, but, um, didn't work out. It was just like, yeah, yeah. It was just like a weird time. And, you know, I kind of tried my, I dabbled in it a little bit, but it really wasn't, you know, anything for me. Um, but I've always been a super sexual person. I've always been, you know, very open with my life and my, you know, um, just being sexual and having a very healthy sexual appetite. So um, that part of it came very naturally to me. And when I started off, I was, you know, I really didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, just gonna, you know, kind of test the waters. Um and then the more positive feedback that I was getting with my content, the more I was more comfortable doing. So the more nudity, the more, you know, videos and things like that, I, I got more comfortable. And now I just have like an amazing time with it. Of course. I was <laughs> rightfully you should be. Um, what was I going to ask? Uh, so before we, we started by posting random facts on mm-hmm. As we record, like as we start recording, I completely for- forgot to like fucking tell these facts. So, and they're hysterical. Um, according to studies, it is apparent that gray whales can have threesomes. Oh, I did that. not know that until very recently. I was like, oh, that'd be a great, <laughs> a great thing to randomly talk about. I feel uh, like whales definitely have a lot of human character characteristics the way that they nurture their children how they mate i definitely think whales. it wouldn't surprise me that they would have threesomes because i feel like they're very like just kind of honed into each other's like surrounding being um, so that doesn't surprise me That's no, that was random i looked it up i was like huh i didn't know that <laughs> fact word of the day yeah um the human body is a uh, a wonderful thing. It's a it's a piece of art. It's a canvas, mm-hmm. and there's a, it's 
the human lifestyle is being attacked. Not the human lifestyle. The human body is being attacked. Um, and I am one of those people that's like, hey, listen, you do whatever the hell you want to do. Just don't blow my face into it, if right. that makes sense. There's a big controversy going around with the uh, uh, the Time Magazine Woman of the Year and the winner of the Women's uh, National Swimming Championships, uh, Leah Thomas, and I forget who the other woman is. Uh, but it's this gigantic fucking controversy, and I have no idea why. I mean, it's... <laughs> Do your life. It's do your... I mean, if I could get a woman's perspective on this, that'd be great. Well, um, you know, I I read a very interesting article by a former Olympic swimmer, I believe, or definitely a college athlete um, swimmer. And, you know, she had analyzed that swimmer's times and her, you know, how she had taken a break and she was taking hormones and, you know, the testing that they would go through... to determine how much testosterone would really be in her body before she competed. And it really shed a different light on, you know, everyone just thinks man, man, man. And she kind of has gone through, you know, to transition into, they said, you know, into a woman and they're saying that the testosterone is her, you know, extra oomph, so to speak. And there's reports that she let, you know, just as much testosterone, which is hardly any, as the other female swimmers. So it's really, you know, her body type, yes, that's definitely a, you know, you're tall and lucky, but there's other tall, slim swimmers as well that are female. So I I see both sides of it, um, but I think we should really look at the science of things too. Okay. Um, What really is giving her an edge, if anything. I mean, it's... it's proceeding to uh, bring a lot of anger in this yeah. already angry world. I it's, mean, definitely, it's definitely an emotional topic, and I, I, I totally get it. Um, I think people really, this is still a very new, you know, people have been transitioning for years, but I think now it's much more comfortable to talk about it. It's much more mainstream, and I, I still think that people are still scared of what they're, they don't understand. And I think we're still there. That's a great way of putting it. Um, another topic that people are very uncomfortable talking about is mental health. Uh, the mental health field has been uh, like boosting up uh, like charts like crazy. It's like, yeah. oh, I feel comfortable talking about it um, since you're meeting me for the first time. I'm on the, uh, the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously mental health is a – not obviously, but like – Mental health has been a big part of my life. I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety. I deal with a whole bunch of crap in my life. Um, but the mental health side of things, people are still scared to talk about it. It's not a, yeah. it's not a thing that people are just like, oh, let's let's put more studies into how depression yeah. is caused, how anxiety it's can a be lot treated. Of shame, I think, and I think there's shame with the pe- that people feel because they're having depression and anxiety or other mental health issues. And there's also, I think the shame in the people that are around them trying to help them or, you know what I mean? It's, it's still, we're really lacking a lot of communication and a lot of compassion and a lot of resources. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, the veteran suicide, we're seeing all of these things and we're just not doing a good enough job to protect people and help them when they need it. Um, 
this might be a little touchy subject for you to, for you to answer. Um, has there ever is is there a story that you be, that you feel comfortable talking about um, mm-hmm. with our audience about mental health awareness? Is there a story that's personal to you, like something you know yeah, or yourself? I, mean, I suffered from panic attacks starting in my late twenties, and. I really, it was very debilitating for me. And I, to the point where I would like call 911, like I legit thought I would be dying. Like it was just a very, you know, when you have panic attacks, you just have this impending sense of doom and you have no explanation as to why you feel that way, what brought it on, how long it's going to last. You don't know what to do. And especially the first few times it's happening to you, it is terrifying. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I was driving on the Garden State Parkway and I just, it like washed over me and I had to pull over and I was so terrified of what was happening to me that I started to hyperventilate and my hands started cramping up. I was on the phone with 911. The troopers had to come. It was insanity. Um, you know, I, I really feel for people that, you know, I was very lucky that I was able to kind of work through it over the years. Um and I, I really don't, you know, I have anxiety and things like that here and there. And I, you know, I get a little panicky, but I recognize now what's happening to me and I'm able to kind of work around it. Um, but, you know, people that are trapped in depression and anxiety, it's, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. And I feel for them. Believe me, I would, uh, I deal with a uh, schizophrenia attacks from time to time. Especially, I'm on medication for it now. It's that direction, I mean, people like, what am I doing? This is an audio format. It's <laughs> but I, I can I can speak from uh, experience about the panic attacks. I deal with schizophrenia, um, mm-hmm. psychosis is the correct diagnosis. But there are times where I'm up at night, I can't even sleep because yeah. I hear crap in my head going like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're pathetic, you're worthless, etc." And a whole bunch of shit. Just yeah. goes through, and I I feel that for people, and I try the best that I can to be there for people because I barely had anyone growing up. I mean, it's uh, dealing with, dealing with autism and people bullying. That's another thing. Like people are so mean to people. Yeah. Like I joke or I joke around from time to time. You're afraid of things that you don't understand, and I think nine times out of ten that's what's happening with bullying and they're just, you know, talking about someone who's different or they think they're weird and they don't know why they don't understand them. They're just different from them and that's not okay for them. And that's why they turn on people and people are cruel. Kids are cruel. Yeah. Believe it's awful. (laughs) There was just one time where I, um, I got into a few fights playing the cross. Uh, we had this one kid who would, uh, who would say all sorts of like mean things to me? And one time I just had, I just grabbed him by the, thank God he was wearing a helmet. I just grabbed him by the back of the head. I just bashed him against the wall. It, it like, wears oh. on you. It you does. Know? It wears yeah. on you. It makes you second guess yourself. And it's a terrible feeling. <laughs> there are times where like, oh, you boil shit over. It's like, nope, fuck this shit. I'm going to take you and throw you against the wall. It's because you can't control yourself sometimes and you have a hard time bottling too much BS inside you. And also when you're battling certain things and then you're constantly being harassed and bullied and then you, you can't always be the bigger person. It gets to you sometimes. Like, why do I always have to be the bigger person all the time? Like, you know what I mean? That's, 
it, it just comes out. Um, there was a big cut. There was a big uh, story that happened over the weekend. Um, if you're a big movie fan out there, your audience, um, <laughs> the Oscars happened, and dear God, uh-huh. what happened there? <laughs> yeah. So slapped around the world. Will Smith. I mean, I, I, was that staged in your eyes? Yes or no? <laughs> I do think there was some sort of pre-prepping going on. There had to be. I mean, I would defend any woman in my life that's like, oh, you like anyone makes fun of a woman in my life, whether it be my mom, my friends, my girlfriend, who, whoever. I'm throwing fists. I'm throwing fists. But you're not slapping people, though. You're not slapping people. <laughs> like, just be like, I'm going to pull them aside and be like, hey, listen. Don't do that. Try not right. to cause any issues, but like, don't do that. Like, I mean, I, you know, I get sometimes jokes go too far. I didn't think it was such a huge as a big joke. I mean, it was a terrible joke. It was a terrible joke. <laughs> it was an awful but joke. Was, we've heard way worse. And if you I know G.I. Jane people out there, if you people know who G, the, the movie G.I. Jane, that joke was OK to you. Right. But like 12 people saw that movie. So, <laughs> and, I, and obviously one of them was Will Smith. So, um, you know, but you don't know what's going on in, in his world and no. what set him off. And, you know, I, I think it, it did look like it was kind of pre-planned but at the same time now he's apologized i mean he's someone that really keeps up with his reputation so he's always been a clean cut all american yeah. kind of guy so the fact that now he is apologizing profusely and you know chris rock is apologizing i mean it was shocking either way whether it was planned or not planned but it's some you know we can move on it's really not that devastating in my 15 years plus of watching wrestling, <laughs> I can tell you that that was probably that was most likely staged. I mean, they're actors. Will it's- Smith is not like a Will Smith is not a small guy by any stretch. Oh. What is he six one six two? And I'm sure he learned how to box playing Muhammad Ali. Like- I'm sure he did. I'm sure he knows a thing or two about fighting. But I also think if he was that angry, he could have whispered something to him. He, I think it could have been a little classier moment. Police escort, at least. <laughs> you know, I mean, and everyone's saying, oh, they did it for the ratings. Well, if the ratings were down, then no one was watching anyway. So you yeah. didn't really boost your ratings, you know? You think it's going <laughs> to get a repeat next year? I don't think so. So if that was the, the reason for it, I I think it backfired. I got a messed up joke in my head. I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan at all, um, but I, I saw a picture of Jada Pinkett turning to Will Smith and he and she goes execute order sixty six and I she just that. goes up there and be like yes <laughs> I saw that my inner nerd has come back to life <laughs> that's funny oh uh, but movies I mean movies in general is like eh, it's not the same I mean you see all the like the Oscars in Kanto obviously great success as it should be but. Movies today have become so stale. Like it's, they're remaking things that don't need to be remade. Yeah. Like, do we need to remake Footloose? It no. was fine in the eighties. Thank you. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gay by any stretch, but I would go gay for Patrick Swayze back then. I'm sure a lot of guys would. <laughs> 
It's like, are we running out of things to write for movies? <laughs> We're running out of ideas, guys. What's going on? <laughs> I am excited for the Top Gun sequel. That I'm, I'm definitely ready for. I am too. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Tom Cruise, even at, at what, 60? He's the oldest Navy lieutenant in the world at this point. <laughs> like, this guy's been in the Navy for 50 years. <laughs> And he has not passed lieutenant. That's <laughs> that's terrible. I got a I got a couple friends, military friends, are like, how the hell is Tom Cruise still a lieutenant in this movie? Right. <laughs> There's got to be some time travel involved or some something. shit. There's got to be something involved here. Some. <laughs> Another thing I keep seeing is like, oh, people are so soft today because Will Smith slapped. Chris Rock, who a comedian's job is to make fun of people and to make right. fun of things. And comedy is dying. I mean, I... Yeah, people are definitely getting really riled up over comedy. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Everyone needs a little thicker skin. Oh, look at Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais, a few years ago at the Golden Globes, roasted the entire room... Right. And no one gave a shit. No. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. phenomenal, though. <laughs> Everything is, you know, so PC right now. It's Everything's know, G-rated. You're, I, as a comic, I, I would be very afraid to do, host something or do stand-up at this point. Like, how do you... How do you do you that? Know, how do you write your monologues and... Exactly. Everyone's offended at some point. I mean, people get offended on Twitter all the time. Oh, God, Twitter crowd. Oh, God. You people drive me nuts on Twitter. I'm always getting yelled at. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting yelled at. I'm getting screamed at. Because I, I get screamed at by people like, oh, what I miss? I'm, I'm playing the victim blamer card where <laughs> it's... This is absolutely terrible to say. Uh Dan, oh my god, Chris Brown just beat up Rihanna. I'd be like, well, what happened? Or like Michael Jackson or some shit. It's like, well, what happened? I believe that there is, for every effect, there is a cause to happen. But there is also, but every problem has a solution no matter what. Hence why I never take sides. No, it's... It's a shame. Like, you have to take this side. No, I don't. No. I choose not to. I choose to say, fuck you. I can do I can do this shit. <laughs> I usually try and steer clear of those emotional topics just because, you know, uh, yeah. people feel very strongly about certain things. And, you know, you're following me now. You're going to unfollow me because we don't agree on something. Like, I wouldn't want to alienate somebody over something that isn't an issue at the moment. You know no. what I mean? Like. We're not talking about abortion. We're not talking about religion. We're no. not talking politics. So we can still coexist. We're good. Once you start opening those doors, you tend to find people that are very passionate about their beliefs and will, you know, get rid of you. Yeah. Even if they agree with you on everything else. Off topic, I found another bottle. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I had a, I was like, what, where'd that come from? <laughs> it's like your little stash bottle. It's terrible. It's, I'm not even that big of a drinker anyway, but I just figured, fuck it. I'm having, I'm having a great Twitter follow on. Might as well. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I was like, fuck it. Might as well. I mean, I'm probably not going to go to the gym anyway, but. You can uh, skip it today. 
I can skip. I mean, my calves are killing me. I've been skipping for for weeks now. Oh, it's such a bad habit to do, though. It's such a terrible habit. I know, it's the worst. I can't go two days or a day or two without without the gym now. I used to go three or... I used to go, like, I would happily go two or three weeks without the gym. (laughs) Which isn't really that great when your business is nudity, so I really... (laughs) Get myself together. (laughs) Amy... Your hips don't lie, okay? Well, yeah. <laughs> Your hips don't lie, in the words of Shakira. I mean, you do get great hips, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, sure you do, I'm sure you used to do squats back in the day. I, I did a few. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> what else is on the list that I have here for today? Um, there's um, masculinity in men is being attacked. Apparently, we're not supposed to be told, oh, you can't, you can be emotional. Men are being told, oh, you can't do this, or you're supposed to be stern faced. It's like, what the hell? And. Human. We're human. We're fucking human. Exactly. If you decide you want to cry your ass off to Old Yeller or Princess Bride, then so be it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're human, and. Who's to say you, you're not allowed to feel an emotion, you yeah. know, and and, it's, and people, the same people are out there saying, you know, you're not supposed to open doors for women or, you know, do gentlemanly things. I think it's just being polite. I hold doors for people like it's just good manners. Yeah. I fist bump. I fist bump every guy. I high five every every guy I talk to. I give a hug to every woman I meet. It's like that's the way I was raised and it's the way I was taught. It's like, oh, be polite to everyone. Treat right. everyone how you want to be treated in the end. Yes. And that's, I like to leave people alone. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> you like to leave people alone. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. I was... uh, Oh, man. But then there's also... Feminism is viewed as toxic. I mean, I don't know where the hell that came from. I mean, what are your... Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts behind that? You know, I, I, I'm kind of like a weird example. I mean, I, I really don't go overboard with the whole feminist thing. You know, yes, we should, you know, have the right to vote and we should be able to go to the grocery store without an escort and all of that thing. But I also feel that, you know, certain jobs, if, you are required to climb an eight foot wall, then every candidate, male or female, should be able to climb that eight foot wall. There you know you what go. I mean? Like if their job requirements are X, Y, and Z, everybody has who has that job should have to do the same requirements. And you know, that's just my opinion. I think that's a more fair way of doing things is really being equals. Equality, baby. <laughs> What happened to that? What happened to the quality? But it's... What does it truly mean to be equal in the end? I mean, what does that mean? If if equality was a thing, which it should be, mm-hmm. it should be a thing. It's a shame that it isn't. But what are, what's... In your eyes, what does equality mean to you? Um... You know, I, I think it's you have the same opportunities as everybody else. Um, 
you know, and you're, you have the same rights, the same opportunities. And that is just certainly not across the board, across the country. Um, it's yeah, it's a shame. It's unfortunate. It's a a shame. It's a shame that we it's 2022 and we're still kind of in the same boat as we were years and years ago. You know what I mean? Like this country has been around for hundreds of years and we still have, you know, issues with racism. We still have issues with inequality. You know, there's still the glass ceiling. There's still poverty. And it's what are we doing? Not much. Apparently, not much. We have a failed education system. I mean, it's... Oh, God. Okay. I mean, I look at... I got two younger brothers, and they are going into college eventually. They're going into college eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, And back when I was going to school... um, my favorite class was financial was like financial education or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It was something to do with finances. And I had such a great time in it because it was something that you really need to learn. Like you didn't yeah. need to learn shapes or some <laughs> shit like geometry, like unless you're an architect or some shit. Yeah. But I mean, where do you think the education system should be going to? If you if you were in charge of the education system right now, what would you do? Um, well, I mean, that is a huge project. Um, you know, you're definitely going to require two more of these bottles. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, teaching history, real history. Um, you know, America's history is, is not that great. No. Um, I think we need to be honest about that. Um, I think that, you know, there, there's so many schools that don't have the money to do half of the things that other schools can do. That's got to change. And, you know, it's, I think we're also not really preparing our students to go out in life and you can have a college degree and still be dumb as fuck. Like you don't know how to balance a checkbook. You don't know how to file your taxes. You don't know how to budget. You don't know how about your credit. These are things that kids need to really learn and understand so you can survive and you're not blowing through your credit cards and killing your credit score and playing catch up, trying to buy a house 20, 30 years later. I got a great, I got a great story for you. Um, (laughs) I was uh, deciding to take a year off from uh, like when I graduated high school, I was like, I'm going to take a year off from, I'm going to take a year off and then go to four years of college uh, to build up my finances, to be smart and to, graduate when I'm 23. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Ended up going to a trade school for two years uh, during high school and then after high school and it was the best fucking decision I ever made. Uh, mm-hmm. I became a welder. Uh, I got my own place. <laughs> I got my own place. I was like... And I look at people like going to college to become a nurse. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with the medical field at all. Respect the medical field, absolutely. America, baby. But Fuck! Trade schools, like, normalize going to trade school. There are not a lot of welders left in this world, especially yeah. here in the U.S. of A., mm-hmm. where we were, where we built this place. <laughs> Most of it. 
you know, and I think when you think back at what the American dream is and that kind of white picket fence lifestyle, it's you grow up, you play varsity sports, you're a cheerleader, you're the quarterback, you go off to college, you meet your sweetheart, you get married, you have kids. You know, that's the traditional kind of line that I think a lot of people compare themselves to. And that's not how things work anymore. And I think people still are kind of, you know, judging themselves against this, you know, so-called American dream and the path that you should be taking where, you know, everyone needs a mechanic. Everyone needs a welder. Everyone needs, you know, all of these trade schools. It's, we need pipe fitters. We need, you know, how do you think things work? (laughs) The infrastructure of this country and, you know, it's, you're not, not everybody has to have a four-year degree to be successful. Nope. Nope. Um, there's a lot, a lot of people also starting their own small business and everything, um, including OnlyFans. How that started was, was once a small business and now it became this global internet em- empire. Yeah. I mean, look at it where it has become over the last two years, even since before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can imagine it's still a little stressful on you uh, being an OnlyFans star like you are. Um, has it been stressful for you or is it just like, yeah, easy going? Um, I mean, I've been very lucky because I had such a big following on Twitter. And I think people were genuinely curious about me when I started my OnlyFans. And I have been very lucky that I've been successful from the start. Um, and that is from largely due to Twitter. And as I made my YouTube channel and all of that, that started filtering business. But when OnlyFans kind of decided to change things up a few months ago and everyone freaked out, it forced creators to go on other platforms and platforms that were much more user-friendly and more inclusive and welcoming, um, than OnlyFans was. So it's, you know, there's loyal fans, Fansly. I mean, there's all sorts of, of other platforms now. And I think diversifying your audience and your, you know, where you can be found is a much better idea. Uh, tell the audience about, uh, can you tell the audience about your YouTube page? Um, <laughs> what do you usually discuss on your YouTube page? So I have a variety of things that I do. Um, it's really just kind of an extension of my Twitter I, you know, people are always asking questions of me and wanting to know more about me and my life. So I started the YouTube channel just to kind of be an extension of my Twitter page. So I do, you know, try-ons and I try and, you know, I I did a broad try-on, but I wanted it to be informative. And you know how many people don't know the difference between the numbers and the letters in a bra size. And I explained it to them and the different types of bras. And it was not just a sexy video, but it was informative. And people were like, oh my God, I never knew that. And I'm like, you're trying to compliment someone who has big boobs. And you're like, oh, are you a 55 triple Z? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing to me that people, what they don't know. Um, they jumped to conclusions already. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, that's not even a hell? <laughs> No, it's... But, you know, I do cooking, you know, things that I, I grew up eating. I, I have those recipes on there. I do... Um, informative videos about how to run a successful subscription page because I've been doing it. And there's things that I learned 
over time that, you know, are very valuable. Um, but it's, you know, I have a, a lot of different things on there. I really try not to, uh, compartmentalize, you know, one specific theme or anything in my page. I'm just kind of like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. Let's have some fun with that. <laughs> it's like the whole basic of this podcast. We originally started out <laughs> as the sports cave and that lasted for 43 episodes. And I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I don't want to be a sports podcast. I'm the- basically just winging it. That's that's pretty much the gist of, of everything. And Hell, that's I'm what we do. Fun with it and it's, you know, it's been, it's been a good time. People get really serious about YouTube though. Like, Oh God. You know, they tell you they hate you. And I'm like, then don't watch me. Like, like, don't watch. They don't watch. I'm, I don't care. I Just don't watch. Algorithm, like. What? <laughs> who put you on the planet? Who, who made you watch my algorithm? <laughs> exactly. Like the whole reason why I wanted to start the podcast was up. Uh, uh, before I did Time to BS, it was the sports game, and originally I wanted to do ESPN Radio. It was like, oh, I'll get into radio. Never worked. So podcasting comes along and becomes this global phenomenon. Yeah. And um, like Joe Rogan and, and e- former ESPN radio host Dan Lebitar were my biggest mm-hmm. inspirations behind Time to BS, where I was like, okay, we can talk sports, but also who the fuck cares? We can talk right. about who the fuck knows what. Like, if you want to talk about, like, whales having threesomes or dolphins being sexually attracted to humans, and who the fuck cares? Do your thing. Yeah. So, what's the best advice that you can give to someone who is starting out in the content creator industry? And it's now becoming an industry. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's some of the best advice you can give for someone, uh... like, let's say, a starting podcast or a starting OnlyFans model or anything? You know, I I think you have to decide what you want to get out of it for yourself. Are you doing it just for entertainment? Are you doing it to make money? Are you, do you have, like, what are your short-term and long-term goals? And once you kind of figure that out, even if you kind of sway away, away from that, you at least are going in the right direction. And I always tell people before you start a page or you start a channel, stockpile a ton of content because the last thing you want to be doing is playing catch up and you should be posting every week on your channel or every day on your subscription sites. Um, because you, you don't, you're busy. You can't make content every single day. So stockpile like a ton of it. So at least you can kind of start off, you know, and keep building. Um, and then, you know, just have fun. Once it becomes work, it's going to show. That's it. We had, um, I have nothing but respect for these guys, but uh, we were a part of a, a network called Unhinged Sports Network, and it became so stressful that I ended up leaving the network entirely, and it was the, one of the best decisions I ever made. Nothing but love for those guys, but it was like, holy shit, it became stressful. <laughs> and Yeah, you know, it, it. you start off doing something as just a fun side gig, and you get a little taste of money. So you're chasing that and, or you're just, you know, you feel the pressure to constantly post and create and be out there and that can wear on you. Yeah. Um, uh, as we approach t- towards the, uh, the end of the show, we could get to some uh, juicy topics. So apparently, <laughs> so uh, what's some uh, best uh, sexual advice that you could give to someone who let's say is starting to 
explore their creativity to, let's say, I don't know, randomly join the BDSM community or something, or okay. join FetLife or whatever. Okay. So, what's some, like, not only great, like, advice you can give, but also some stories that you could tell about, like, some terrible experiences or, or some shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Time to know, BS! <laughs> my advice would be, you know, if you're curious about things, there's do your research, observe, ask questions. I mean, there's so many of these communities that are very welcoming and are happy to talk to people. I mean, you can go on Reddit and there's a subreddit for everything. Oh God, everything. Ask your questions. If you're really interested or curious about something, ask, talk about it, observe before you kind of jump into something. You know, you can test the waters and see what you, you know, you like, you don't like what your boundaries are and, you know, communicate them. That's that it. My, my main advice. Um, uh, this, this story follows up to another question. Um, we have going back to early on the show. We had, a I talked about a guest, a 69 whiskey podcast and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eric Weinstein, who is one of the co-hosts, who's one of the hosts of the, uh, the show, calls himself the dollar store dumb and it is one of the funniest fucking things <laughs> I've ever heard in my life because BDSM equipment is fucking expensive so he improvised <laughs> oh gosh uh, it, it's it's well worth a listen uh, ladies and gentlemen BS Sessions Volume 26 uh, featuring 69 Whiskey Podcast I highly suggest you people check it out if you want a great laugh and also me laughing out. hysterically like the Joker um but it was also um the follow-up question was uh what's some uh what's some of the wildest like stories that you can tell us Um, that you'd be comfortable talking about let me rephrase that question (laughs) you know i i don't really have too many like super wild stories um you know i get some interesting requests you know for customs and things like that but nothing really crazy um, can know, we dive I, into that? <laughs> What's some of the craziest like custom like like custom videos that you've been requested to do? Uh, like, you know, I get a lot of people that are into like peeing, um, various aspects of that. Um, you know, they want certain toys. They want certain, you know, I, hang from the chandelier for you know, and I don't know, but you know, it's. Not too many crazy things. I think, you know, I would never kink shame someone. And if I'm not willing to do it, I may have a friend that might. Um, The only fans community is broad indeed. Very, very Very broad. Very broad. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people should, don't be afraid to ask. It's, you know what I mean? You never know. Um, Hell, I won't know. There's a lot of people that are like, (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of people into, like, the stepmom thing or the MILF thing. Um, you know, it's... Nothing wrong with that. That's what that's what research is for, ladies and gentlemen. That's what <laughs> porn and OnlyFans is for, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's great. Um, before we end the, before we end the, uh, before we end the show, uh, where can people find you? I feel like you can find me literally anywhere now. So (laughs) I go by whatever Amy, but all my call sign tags are at W-H-A-T-E-V-A-H underscore A-M-Y. I'm on OnlyFans, Twitter, Instagram, 
I'm on Loyal Fans. Now I'm on Playboy Centerfold. Um, YouTube. I feel like I'm missing something, but you guys, if you go, you go to whateveramy.com, you'll see all of my links. You can buy my merchandise. You can carry around my face and boobs on your phone case if you wanted. It's all there. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) Oh, this was a delight, Amy. Thank you so much for doing this. I really greatly appreciate you coming. Oh, we'll definitely have you on in the new uh, sometime in the future. Uh, sure. Definitely, we'll get more drinks, and hopefully, my co-host John will decide to not smoke his ass off. <laughs> and we'll, and the Absolutely. and all three of us can and all three of us can be on at the same time. That'd be great. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, for episode one thirty six of Time to BS. Thank you, whatever Amy, for doing this once again. I am Stanio Smooth signing off. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you guys around. <laughs>